We're starting a sermon series called Dreaming with God. I'm very excited about this. The cry of, the, cry of the, the heart of this house is to see people walk in their dreams and their callings. In fact, in fact, Zach talked about it even praying over Cheryl. The callings and the dreams of God. If you are not walking in or walking toward the dreams and callings on your life, you are miserable. I know this firsthand. It's a miserable place to be. So we want to make sure that we... We can do whatever we can as a church, as a leadership, as a body to help you walk out the dreams of God. Does that sound fun? Yeah. Genesis 37.5. When you think of dreaming and you think about the Bible, who do you think about? Joseph. Joseph the dreamer. Look at this. Genesis 37.5. Talking about Joseph's brothers. It says, they hated him and could not speak a kind word to him. Joseph had a dream, and when he told his brothers, they hated him all the more. Listen, it's very important to surround yourself with dream encouragers. To surround yourself with people that will encourage you in the call of God on your life. These are, it's very important. You don't want to be surrounded by a dream killer. You want to be surrounded by dream encouragers. I have had for the last nine years, Zach in my life as a dream encourager, who even when I got here, encouraged me in the things on my heart. And I'd say, well, you know, I want to do this. And he would say, do it. Go for it. I know that's who you are. Go for it. Well, I want, what about this? It's who you are, Chris. Go for it. And he would be cheering me on. And now he's leaving me. <laughs> no, he's not leaving. We're sending. So you want to make sure, look, you don't want to, don't be around, like avoid negative people. I mean, I think sometimes negative people are actually kind of funny, to be honest with you. I kind of like negative humor, The Office, you know, Michael Scott, one of my favorite characters of all time can be a little negative and sarcastic. It's kind of fun. But in real life, that's TV. In real life, try, negativity gets on you, and it's like, um, it's like a bad odor. You've been around a guy for a long time, or you hug a guy, and, and like, you're like, dude, this, put on some deodorant. And you walk away, and for like hours later, you're like, oh, my gosh, I got to change my shirt. shirt doesn't, I got to go, I got to scrub in the shower. This is like negativity. It gets on you like a bad odor. So we stay away from negative people. If you got negative people in your life and they are uh, stopping you from pursuing the dreams in your life, I would just tell you, as your almost senior pastor, <laughs> cut them out. Cut them out of your life. You can still love them. You can still be there for them, but you don't need to be hanging out with them all the time. So it's, it's very important to find people in your life who will encourage you in your dreams. It's also very important to have realists. True friends are going to tell you the truth. I don't like yes men. You just tell me everything I want to hear. Yes. Oh, that's great, Chris. Yeah. Now, now tell me like what you really think. And let me tell you. If you're a 65-year-old 5'7 white dude and you're still holding out to play in the NBA, I got some news for you. It ain't happening. That dream is over. <laughs> right? So we gotta have some realistic, we gotta have some realistic ideas in our head. 
the dreams that God has placed in your heart are synonymous with the calling that you have on your life. Your dreams and your calling are synonymous. And so here's the deal. If you say, man, I, have, I had this dream as a kid. I had this desire. I had this, I believe, this call of God in my life. But I took the wrong road. I took the wrong door. I was supposed to go, what's behind door number two? But I went door number one. And whatever, you know, you, you shortchanged it. You made mistakes. Fine. We've all made mistakes. And you say, now, that, that, that practical thing that I, was, that I felt like I was supposed to do, I'm actually, I've actually moved past that. I'm actually, like, literally physically too old to do that or in no condition or whatever the, what the deal is. That's a, that's, a, that's a reality. Like, we can't just... Like, I'm not, you, you can't just tell the 90-year-old you can be an astronaut. I mean, I'm just saying, like, there are certain things, right? And that's a reality. That's a hard reality. But here's the cool thing about Daddy God. He's a generational God. So we have to learn to, if we cannot fulfill in our lifetime the things that we felt like was on our heart to fulfill, we have to learn to release the dream to the next generation, to see that thing fulfilled. My son or my daughter can walk out the dream that God put on my life because guess what? I'm releasing it to them and they'll grab hold of it. It's generational. It's kingdom. So don't be dismayed. Don't live in condemnation. In fact, even at 90 years old, guess what's going to happen? God's going to give you a birth, another dream in your heart that you're going to get a hold on to. There are millions of dreams out there. There are millions of things you could do. But grab hold of the thing that God has placed in your heart to do. That's, that's the thing. Well, how do I know what that deal is? You're like, how do I know? I mean, I've, had, I've had people tell me, I don't know what I'm supposed to do with my life. They're in their 30s, 40s, 50s, even they've said this. I don't know what I'm... And I would say, what do you always go back to in your heart? What is that thing that you lean back into? You go, man, what is that thing that makes you come alive? What is that thing that when you do, people's ears and hearts turn and bow to you? This is how you know what you were created to do. It stops people in their tracks. How do we know Sarah Wexler is destined to be an anointing? She already is an anointing worship leader, but destined to lead worship to thousands of people all across the world. How do we know that? Because when she leads worship up here, all of our hearts bow and we turn our ears to what she's releasing. She's anointed for it. What you're anointed to do is what you are called to do. That's the dream God has placed in your heart. Sometimes we run from that, don't we? We despise those things and we go, I want that calling or I want that dream. And we despise the thing that God has put in us because we operate sometimes out of the spirit of comparison. It's called the Instagram spirit. <laughs> Boy, that dude has a really cool life. Man, you see that worship leader? Why does he always, why is he always touring? What's he, look at his family. Oh, look at his house. How come that worship leader has such a great house? Or how come that dude, look at his car. Man, man, I want... I want what that guy has. And God says, can you even handle what I've given you 
right now. Operate out of your own Metron and watch that dream expand. Watch that thing expand. So it's important to avoid negativity and to avoid the spirit of comparison. And it's important to have, like I said, people in your life that will call you into your destiny. It's very important. I think marriage should be the safest place. How many are married in here? God left. Come on, raise your hand. Everybody raise your hand. Going once. I think marriage should be the safest place. I should be, and I am. My wife is, is awesome. She's not here. She uh, took the kids. We have this dog. We got this dog. This stupid dog, and it's a chihuahua. I don't, I hate chihuahuas, and but it's like this thing, and it's cute though. He's cute. He is cute. No, he is cute. Tony gave it to us, so I better be careful. But he, he kind of looks like a Doberman, actually. He's a really great little dog, but you know, he's been in his kennel for, since like eight o'clock this morning, and we always feel bad. So I'm like, Carly, go let the dog out. You know, who let the dog out? My wife did. Let that dog out. I feel bad for the dog, but anyway, that's why she's not here. She's Went home and take the dog out. <laughs> Having a dog is no joke, Rochelle. No joke. Anyway, I'm very safe with my wife to reveal the dreams of my heart. And sh and here's the thing: your closest, the closest people in your life, your close friends, they'll they know they already know the like what you're supposed to be. be sometimes before you even are, <laughs> before you do, they know. But in a marriage, sometimes we get lost in. Translation, right? Because of man and woman. And we're from different, you know, planets. So they say, did you know a woman? Why are we laughing? I haven't even told the joke yet. It's not a, why is it a joke? It's not a joke, per se. Did you know a woman? Yeah, it's a fact. Thank you. Zach, the apostle, AZ. Did you know a woman... On average, the average woman speaks 20,000 words per day. It's a lot. The average man, 7,000 words. You see the chasm there? So sometimes we get lost in translation because man and wife come home from work or man comes home from work or woman, whatever, how it sets up. And the dude sits on the couch, and the woman starts going off on her day, which is wonderful. And so she starts going, and here she goes. Hey, baby, did you... And he's just... Right? And she goes... She's finished, and he goes, Cool. She goes, what? Oh, here and this and that. Talk, 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 talk. And she goes, well, what do you have to say about that? It was, it was amazing. What do you think about that? you have anything to say? Nope. And sometimes it's our dreams get lost in translation with each trouble. Uh, with, with the, in trouble. <laughs> with each other. A little side note for the married couples. Uh... Learn your spouse's love language. It's very important. And it helps in this too. Learn their love language. We're, we're, we're talking about that a little bit in, uh, on Thursday nights. 
What's it? Get Your Love On or what is it called? Keep Your Love On. <laughs> There's a lot of ties, though, with Thursday Night in Marriage. So anyway, that was free. And go read the book. All right. But marriage should be the safest place to share your dreams, right? Um, so have you ever been around a dude or gal who victimizes everything? And the reason why they're not walking out the call of God on their life is somebody else didn't let them. I call this the spirit of Uncle Rico. Where, remember the good old days when I, and I could have been so much better had coach just let me in the game and, and he didn't and now I'm just standing here. Go ahead and watch this Uncle Rico, spirit of Uncle Rico. Sound. How much you want to make a bet I can throw a football over the mountains? Yeah, if coach would have put me in fourth quarter, we'd have been state champions, no doubt. No doubt in my mind. You better believe things have been different. I'd have gone pro. A heartbeat. I'd be making millions of dollars and living in a big old mansion somewhere. You know, soaking it up in a hot tub with my soulmate. Kip, I reckon you know a lot about cyberspace. You, you ever come across anything like time travel? Easy. I've already looked into it for myself. Right on. Right on. Had coach just put me in the game, my dream could have been fulfilled. Had, so, had that pastor just let me preach in the pulpit, I'd be in full-time ministry right now. Had, had that worship pastor let me sing my solo, It's everybody else's fault but yours. Don't be that person. And I love the end of that. That's Napoleon Dynamite for those, the greatest movie ever produced. And Nacho Libre, the other one. He's going, look at this. He's like, hey, you ever thought about building a time machine? Why? He wants to literally go back in time to the, quote, good old days so he could relive his dreams. Look forward. Never look back and never blame somebody else for being in a position you're in today. And don't, sons and daughters, listen to me, don't live in condemnation. Today is the day where you can move forward. Today is the day. So somebody says, somebody has said to me many times, I've heard this, Chris, I don't know what to do with my life. I said, well, what do you want to do? I don't know. I don't, I, whatever God wants me to do. 
And I said, well, what do you want to do? Whatever God wants me to do. And I'm like, what do you want to do? Whatever God wants me to do. God wants you to do whatever you want to do. And I love what Bill Johnson says. When people tell him that after a while, he just goes, okay, stop. He says, just do something, but whatever you do, release the kingdom. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the leopard, cast out devils, whatever you do, do whatever you want to do, just release the kingdom of heaven. And listen, like I said, you'll know what you're created to do when people's ears and hearts turn to you. If you are doing what you think you're supposed to do, the dream of your heart, and every time you do that thing, you repel people, you probably have a wrong idea of what you're supposed to be doing in life. The anointing draws people. The anointing of God draws people. It doesn't repel people. It's true. I mean, it's a hard, it's a hard truth. I knew I was created to lead worship many years ago. I was, in a, I was in a Christian rock band years ago. 90, uh, early 90s. Man, this is when the Christian rock was it. The Seattle sounds, the Seattle sound scene of Christian, the Christian sound scene. And um, man, dude, dudes, I shared the stage. I played festivals, my band, with Petra. What? It was, they were on the tail end of, you know, their audio adrenaline. Right? We played festivals. And we were pretty good. Um, I think it was 1988 or 89. Charisma Magazine had us, had an article on us as the top 10 unsigned Christian bands in America. And the tagline was, we were called Salt the Band. Maybe somebody heard of us, maybe. Salt, no, nobody cares. Salt the band. And Charisma Magazine said, if you want to get into a band before they make it big, this is the band to get into. Wow. Liars. <laughs> Never made it. But, uh, but we were pretty good. We actually, after we broke up, we got a record deal offer, but we'd already broken up. But we were pretty good. Pretty good. We played a lot of shows. But here's what happened. When we led worship... It was like unbelievable. And so I remember the first time we were asked to lead worship for a, for a camp, they're like, we want you to come and do your, your show, your rock show. Yeah, but we also want you to lead worship. And we're like, we don't we lead worship. We, 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 we've never done it before. Like, well, we're paying you, so do it. You know, like, okay, five bucks, whatever. So my brother and I, we were the co-founders uh, of the band. We were kind of in charge. He goes, Chris, why don't you lead worship, and we'll just back you up, just... Do, do whatever. I'm like, oh, man, okay. I didn't hardly play guitar, so I'm like, you know, three majors and a minor is all I knew. I just picked all in G, and here we go. And I started leading worship at this uh, event, and all of a sudden, I noticed something was happening in the atmosphere. And I noticed that we were getting, as we, we were getting applause for our rock, for our show, but when I was leading worship, it's like they're Everything was changing, and they were, like, really engaged. And I'm like, wow. We started doing that more and more, and we started getting more well-known for being a worship band. And I remember one time we had a Baptist camp ask us, a Baptist, uh, like a Baptist kind of camp. I think, I think it was actually Covenant was the name of the denomination. It was like a Baptist thing. Um, and anyway, we this packed with kids. We're under this tent. We're going. 
And we did our show, and then, okay, it's time for worship, and I started going into a song at the time that was very popular, Michael W. Smith. It was Let It Rain. Open the floodgates of heaven and let it rain. And I started playing the song, and I, kids started running to the altar and weeping. And I'm like, what is happening? This is like, this is like Pentecostal here, and this is a Baptist thing. <clears throat> and I backed off, and I, we stopped playing, and they kept singing it. Open the floodgates of heaven. Let it rain. Let it rain. Of course, I didn't know, and they didn't know heaven was already open at that time. I mean, we didn't know that, my theology yet. But, but it, was, it was still a great prayer, and they were... And then I went back into it, and I started, open the floodgates and let it rain, let it rain, let it rain. And then the youth pastor in the back, he starts going like this. Hey! He's, he goes, he was uncomfortable. He was uncomfortable. But what we saw happening was an anointing that I had on my life to lead worship. And I knew I couldn't run from it. You can't run from the anointing. You can, but it'll catch up to you eventually. <laughs> so this is how you know what you're created to do. God births, has birthed in each and every one of us a desire to do something great, to be great, not as the world defines greatness, but as heaven defines greatness. And when we lose hope in these things, because we become jaded by life, we are miserable Proverbs 13, 12 says, Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a longing or a dream fulfilled is a tree of life. And then it says in Revelation 22, to listen, it's the same word picture, tree of life. In Revelation, the apostle John is describing the river of life, and he mentions a striking feature. He says, On each side of the river stood the tree of life, bearing 12 crops of fruit, yielding its fruit in every month. Every month it yielded fruit. And the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a, but a longing or a dream or a desire fulfilled is a tree of life. I'm telling you, when you begin to walk in the dreams that God has called you to walk into, you literally become a tree of life to those around you. You literally become a healing balm to those you, everyone you come in contact with. Because God is most glorified in us when we are walking out the desire that God has placed in our heart. Don't run. Don't run from your dreams. You are literally healing to those around you. Look at the story of Joseph. I read a little bit this morning. It says he had a dream and he told his brothers about it, right? Joseph the dreamer. And it's interesting, if you read the scripture, it says they hated him before he told them their dream. Because they felt his father loved him more then he loved them. How many times have we looked at people and we've said, man, God, why do you love him more than you love me? God, why do you favor him more than you favor me? And so it says, then he had this dream from God, a literal dream, a literal dream of what his destiny was going to be like. Zach and Rochelle, Zach had a literal dream of moving to Rochester. I've had literal dreams of my future. It's like, wow, now I need to partner with God in this. What does this look like, right? And so he told them, his dream, and it says they hated him even more after he told them their dream. And what they do, they sold him into slavery. They tricked him. Be careful 
who you tell your dreams to. Never tell your dreams to someone who hates you or despises you or who manipulates you. Because what they'll try to do is they'll try to sell you into slavery. Here's how they do it. They manipulate you into walking out that dream that makes them have success as well. They're like, oh, you could have that, but I got to have a piece of that too. And they, the manipulation is the, and the slavery is you then become a slave to what they want you to do. They sell you into slavery. Happens all the time. Happens with religious leaders. Pharisees, right? Controlling leaders. This is what they try to do. Controlling leaders this is exactly what they do. I once had a leader tell me, I want you to look good because if you look good as one of my guys, I look good. That's your reasoning for wanting me to have success is so that you could look good? That sounded bad. It didn't smell good. You need people in your life that whether they get Credit or not, and they will probably want no credit, they're going to push you into doing the thing that God's called you to do. This is Zach and Rochelle. This is, this is their life. They could care less if they get any credit for, for what they've done in your life and how they've helped you as a church. If they, when they leave, if this church grows to be 10,000, you know what they will do? They will never say, look at what we did. That's a true That's a true leader. That's the kind of people you need, dream encouragers. And so the story of Joseph is really cool. You can read it for yourself. I'm going to close here pretty quick. You want to, Kevin, you can come up if you want. Um, Is that he gets sold into slavery, right? You know the whole story about Potiphar's wife and the accusations and and he gets thrown in prison. I mean, it's an incredible, it'd be a great motion picture. Uh Uh-oh, Eugene, he's on it. Um, but you look, everywhere he goes, he had favor. And what's funny is that the very people, his brothers, that sold him into slavery, at the end of the story, come back around to honor him, and he becomes the one who heals their need. Right? Joseph has a dream and prophesies there's going to be a famine in the land, seven-year famine. So what does Joseph do? Joseph starts gathering the grain and the food and the water and everything else. He says, we're going to have it. We're going to be ready for it. And then we're going to be able to sell it. And so as Joseph's brothers are hit with this famine, they don't know Joseph at this point has been, has been made number two in the land. Right-hand man. Has all the authority. He was number two, but he'd been given all authority. And so they come to him, and this is just a cool story, and they're like, We have nothing, we have no money, we have no grain. And it says, Joseph, he didn't even make them buy it. When they weren't looking, it says, he tells a servant, fill their bags with grain. Fill it with water. So as they leave, as the brothers leave, they're walking with the donkeys. And they look, and it says their bags are full. And let me read this. It says, one of them, one of the brothers opened his, his bag to give his donkey some food at the lodging place. And he saw that he had money all of a sudden. 
his sack was full of money and grain. And he said to his brothers, for some reason, my money's been returned. And behold, it's even in my sack. And their hearts sank. And they turned trembling to one another, saying, what is this that God has done for us? This is the this is the heart of God. Even the ones who have scorned you and have sold you into slavery and have tried to manipulate you, he still loves them. And he uses you to be a salvation in their life, to lead them back to the heart of the Father. And then it says, Later in 41, Genesis 41, the people of all the earth came to Egypt to buy grain from Joseph because Joseph had the supplies. This all started because he had a dream and he trusted God with his dream and he knew who he was. Come on, I want to encourage you. If you have locked up a dream in your life that God never said to lock, I want you to grab the keys from heaven and unlock that right now. In fact, just stand with me, if you could. Yeah, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Look, the dreamer bears fruit in every month. The dreamer becomes a healing balm to those around him or her. And sometimes we have locked up our own dreams. And like I said, look, don't live in condemnation if you say my past is is ruined my future. Don't, li don't live like that. Don't live like that. If you've moved past a dream and it, you're too old to walk that out, I want you to release that to the next generation and then say, God, what's the new dream? It's never too late. As long as you have a breath in your mouth, breath in your lungs, you can walk out the call of God on your life. I, I really believe that. And you can live fulfilled and you can be a tree of life so I want you to, if you're able to, just with your palms open as a sign of receiving, I want you to repeat after me. Say, Father, forgive me if I have despised the call on my life. Forgive me, God, if I have locked up dreams that you have never told me to lock up. Forgive me, God. If I have bowed to religion, now Father, I take the keys of heaven and I unlock the dreams of my heart. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Yeah, come on now, just worship for just 30 seconds. Come on, just worship Him. Go forth in Jesus' name. Go forth in Jesus' name. Now this day, commit to co-laboring with God in those dreams. God's done his part. Now we do our part. A dream without discipline is just a fantasy. Ask God for, and I believe he's going to do this, ask him for wisdom in how to make this thing happen. Ask him for supernatural 
dreams, even at night, where he will show you how to do this thing. The difference between those who do and those who don't is those who do, do. And those who don't, don't. So this is your day. Come on, be encouraged. It's not too late. You know what else sometimes we do? We hold on so tightly to those things, and God says, I want you to release them, and we hold on so tightly, but I want this, and God says, I want you to release them, I want you to release them. And sometimes it takes the yes before we know the dream and the call of God on our life. When, when Zach came to me and Carly and Rochelle, and they said, we want you to take over this church, we're moving to, um, to Rochester. I almost said Albuquerque. We're moving to Rochester. We want you to take, and we said, what? What's happening? This was not ever on our radar, and for 10 days... I prayed and I sought God and I said, God, I don't understand. This was never on my radar and I need the peace. I need the peace. I need the peace. I need the peace. And God said, I'll give you about 10 days. It took of me whining and I could feel the father hovering over me. I could. You ever felt like that? It's not like he's not, it's not like you're hitting a wall. It's like you're like praying and he's like hovering, like he's just smiling at me, just smirking. And I heard him say on about the 10th day, he said, when you say yes, I'll give you the peace. Sometimes we have to say yes to God before we understand the call of God on our life, and then he reveals that to us. So will you say yes to those things? In Jesus' name, amen, amen.